This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by the boys, Christian Cheatham, Robert Stewart. And we have we, we have a good episode uh, today because Arkansas swept Texas A&M. In the past two episodes, we have talked about Arkansas being swept by Georgia and losing a midweek game at Missouri State. So uh, we have some better news for the listeners, the loyal listeners of the Diamond Hogs podcast, which is the premier Razorback baseball podcast, your favorite Razorback baseball podcast. We are uh, part of the Hogbeat Podcast Network. I haven't been good at, at talking about this, but we are part of the Hogbeat Podcast Network, which is from hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. The right I, I'm sorry, Robert. I was speaking and you interrupted me, so I didn't hear what you said. I, I just wanted to say what a great website. Yeah, no. Next time, don't interrupt me, though, because now I – I mean, like, I was on a roll. I had some good stuff to say, and now I don't – Yeah, you I just mean, had to like, spice it up a little bit. I I was going to talk about how, you know, for the people listening today, uh, which is Monday, by now you know that I'm the new publisher of hogbeat.com. So big things to come for the website – uh, we are very excited about this. I think that it is the best for uh, all parties. I think that the website is only going to go up from here. I'm locked in. I'm bought in. Uh, it's it's going to be some incredible coverage. We're bringing on some people that we're very excited about. Hogbeat.com. Tell your friends about it. Visit it. It's H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com or Arkansas.Rivals.com, however you want to type it in. Just go visit it. And, uh, yeah, so – Let's get to Arkansas sweeping Texas A&M. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, just a, a a gritty series win for the Arkansas Razorbacks, a much-needed series win for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, I think, you know, before we get into, you know, going game by game, I think the way that Arkansas finished it out on Sunday, despite the, the, the way that the pitching staff, you know, had dwindled down, you were down to your last few arms that were available on the 27-man roster, and Parker Coyle comes in, finishes it off. Uh we we keep hearing the phrase and it's 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 a cliche like next man up, you know, step up, you got to be ready. But this team is doing that absolutely 100% and it's not like guys who, you know, have been there uh and are finally stepping up. Like Dylan Carter is an example of that and we'll get to his injury later on. Like yes, he's done that. But you also have these freshman arms, Parker Coyle, Gage Wood. Uh who else? I'm I'm blanking right now, Robert. Who else are the freshman arms? Christian Fouch, Ben Bybee. Yes, yep. Christian Fouch did have a bad weekend. That that was unfortunate for Christian Fouch. But uh, yes, I mean these freshman arms are stepping up. Uh, you saw Will McIntyre come out of the bullpen, stepped up. You have guys at the plate stepping up. Ben McLaughlin getting the job done in the DH spot. Um, just a a, a very um, great job by this Arkansas team to just continue to battle given the injuries that it has and a great coaching job by Dave Van Horn. I mean, it can be understated how great of a job he's doing as a head coach right now. So uh, with all that said, Robert thoughts on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good place to start Sunday. You know, is it, it it a gritty one. We, we, we talked about um, on, on the last episode, we talked about how Texas A&M's pitching just not all that great. The hogs did exactly what they needed to do to win that series, which was score a lot of runs. I mean, you're talking about seven on Thursday, 10 on Friday and eight on Saturday. Uh, I mean, that that's, that's your recipe. You, you know, you know that you're shorthanded from, uh, from a lineup perspective uh, with, you know, Hunter Grimes being 
the the staple in left field this weekend. And you know that you're short um, from a from a pitching perspective because Dylan Carter, uh, you know, it sounds like we might be lucky to see him again at this point. Um, and and Hunter Holland didn't like it was it was the first time in his career that he's had back to back bad outings, right? So um, you know it 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 was a tough start um, pitching wise, but Hagen Smith did the job. Uh, Will McIntyre did the job out of out of the bullpen on Friday. And uh, like you said, those freshman arms, man, they had to get 10 outs to hang on to a hang on to an eight nothing victory and uh, or eight nothing lead. And it turned into an eight seven victory. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but uh, a, a win is a win. And it's always always nice to have three of them in, in a weekend. The main thing is the hogs are back and also Brady Tiger's back. It was a short short outing, but it was. He seemed healthy, seemed good, gave up a walk, but, you know, I'm sure he's just going to start picking up and pitching longer and longer and maybe just out of the bullpen for the next few weeks. But he's back. Callie moved in the three and four hole, like I was suggesting the other day, and he did pretty good. I don't know if he got an RBI on the weekend, but he was getting on base, drawing walks. He drew and, seven walks. Yeah, it's amazing. It's awesome. And then um, what was – oh, John B., John Bolton. Had a decent game on Sunday. Well, big game on Sunday. And, you know, I guess he's he's back in the starting role, and there's no question about it. You got to keep him there now. So I'm, I'm happy for him, happy for the boys. Hogs are back. Yeah, no, Brady Tiger, uh, that's exactly what you needed out of him. You knew he was going to be on a pitch count. Uh, you know, there was a possibility maybe you get two out of him, but I think that they did they, – they worked it exactly how they needed to. 20 pitches – uh, you mentioned the walk, but I mean, you didn't you didn't see him, you know, struggling. He was locating. It seemed like he didn't really have any issues with that. He was sitting 93, 95 on the fastball, <clears throat> which is what we have come to expect from Brady Tiger. So, I mean, I didn't really feel like, you know, his velocity was significantly down. I just felt like that was normal Brady Tiger. You're just being really cautious with your preseason All-American pitcher. Yeah, and he took and, and you know what? three ground ball outs. That's that's yeah. that's the best kind of outs to see. And he took one took one of them off the leg, right? And then he fired a strike over to first base. So that I was forgot, good. dude. Yeah. That was that was so crazy because I think that was the first out, and and it's like Brady Tiger coming back from injury, looking good. First out, the ball is hit off his leg, and you're like, you have got to be kidding me! Are you what the heck? How? I mean, this is just the most Arkansas thing ever for Brady Tiger to get hit by the. And I mean, he ended up being perfectly fine, but and and the at the moment we're all like holding our breath, like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So, right. um, but yeah, no, that was, that was a big, big thing for Arkansas that Brady Tiger came back. I still think you're going to see him continue to get worked in at a slow pace, but the fact that he is back and he looked pretty much like what Brady Tiger is supposed to look like. That was great. I mean, his curveball is still so nasty. It is just disgusting. And I love it. It, it, it makes, it makes the the loss of Dylan Carter moving forward a whole lot easier to swallow because you know it's it's essentially a trade at this point. Of course, you don't want to lose Carter, but to to know that you're getting Tiger back, it's it's huge. And and let's can we talk about Tiger's role real quick? Yeah, I think, I think um, I, I like this opener thing that that he's got going on. I I think Will McIntyre out of the pen is is a good choice. You know, we've we've discussed this possibility. Uh, for Hagen Smith before, but uh, for, 
I mean, relief McIntyre from what we've seen in in <laughs> in one appearance. I, I liked I liked I liked what I saw, and uh, you know, it, we we talk about or we talked with this about uh, with Dave Van Horn about this after the the game at Missouri State. Uh, it's easier to manage Tiger's workload if you start him. You know, you don't have to worry about nerves or whatever. It's not yeah. not necessarily a high stress situation. It I think it's good for both Tiger and McIntyre, and that's why I'm a big proponent of this whole opener deal. And, you know, maybe it grows to two innings, maybe it grows to three. I don't know. But I, uh, <clears throat> I think, I think this is the way. I think what's going to end up happening is they're going to partner Tiger with McIntyre, like they've been doing with Hunter Holland and, and uh, Hagen Smith. But I think is Hagen Smith pretty much back in the starting rotation now. I mean, not necessarily, not necessarily. Okay. But yeah, like you yeah. said, I think it's great. It gives him, you know, one or two guaranteed, Lower, lower stress, cleaner innings, better than bringing him in like the eighth or ninth inning of like a closer game when we need him to perform. If it's like the first or the second, you know, just get 20 to 30 pitches and let's see how we go from there. All right, let's uh, let's move on to going game by game, talking through the weekend. Before we do, though, uh, I need to tell you about our sponsor, MyPerfectFranchise.net. Very thankful for MyPerfectFranchise.net. They were a proud sponsor of our Gridiron Hogs podcast, our uh, Hardwood Hogs podcast. They're a proud sponsor of the recruiting roundup on hogbeat.com and the Diamond Hogs podcast. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Are you looking for a side hustle while working your current job? Are you wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy? Well, you need to give Andy Ledecky a call. He's a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner, and he helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, and time to commit and plenty of more options. His services are 100% free. That's the key thing to remember. It's all free. You're not having to pay him for anything. He's just here to help you if you have any questions about business ownership. All you got to do is visit MyPerfectFranchise.net. MyPerfectFranchise.net. You can also give him a call. His phone number is 404-973-9901. And you can just give him a call, visit the website, and you can figure out how to make some more money on the side by becoming a franchise owner. It's a great opportunity for those who are trying to diversify uh, and just figure out different things with their life. You know, you all hit that wall at some point of like, I think I want to do something different. If that's you, give Andy Ledecky a call. Uh, great guy, great website, and really, you're just going to make more, more money with the guy. Who doesn't like making more money? I like making more money. Speaking of which, I made, I made some good money on the books this weekend, boys. And that takes me to our second sponsor, and that is Bet Saracen. Visit betsaracen.com, download the mobile app on the App Store or the Google Play Store. They have the uh, double R props for Arkansas baseball uh, for most games. I, I think they're like every game now, which is great. Um, I had to reach out to them about that. I was like, let's get some props. Come on, let's do this. Um, so they got those. And then, of course, you can bet on Arkansas. If you would have put Arkansas in parlays this weekend, you would have just been cashing out left and right as long as you didn't put South Carolina in parlays like Robert and myself did because that was unfortunate. Uh, not good for the – it is actually good for the South Carolina future, which we have not placed yet because maybe their odds are down. Another thing with Bet Saracen is that I reached out to them. I was like, come on, guys. we got to get some college baseball futures up. Sure enough, they did. Like as soon as we stopped recording uh, Thursday's episode, I texted my contact, and I was like, hey, can we get some college baseball futures, please? And we did, and uh, it was great. I don't know why my hand is up on the Zoom now. Lower my the, the, okay. the power you have, it's it's remarkable, really. 
<laughs> Anyways, they had they had the futures up. I didn't like the odds yet. I'm hoping that South Carolina's odds look a little bit better after they lost the series to Auburn this weekend. Maybe we'll just go ahead and put our money on South Carolina like we originally planned. Sound good? Sound good. Anyways, you can go bet those futures and anything else on Bet Saracen. Download the app today. They are a proud partner of hogbeat.com uh, and also part of the Saracen Casino Resort there in Pine Bluff, which we need to visit at some point. I I really want to go there. Um, so, yes, thank you to our sponsors. And let's go to Thursday night's game, which Arkansas won 7-5. to five. So you mentioned it, Robert. Hunter Holland struggled again. Talk through it. Yeah, uh, four innings, four earned. That's that's his shortest outing of the year. Um, he he had one against Alabama uh, that that he worked into the fifth inning, didn't record an out. So you know, two two that that say four innings, but this one he didn't pitch in the fifth at all. So I don't know the 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 vibes were the vibes were tough, and it's crazy because you know Arkansas went up five nothing in the second inning uh, with with the Peyton Stowell Grand Salami, and then. You know, the wheels just kind of fell off for Holland after that. He he got into some trouble there in the third. He got six of his first seven guys in the first two innings, but, you know, uh, gave up a bunt hit, gave up two walks with two outs, and he he got himself out of the bases a little jam, but then two two home runs uh, in the in the fourth there, and it, it was 5-4 all of a sudden. So, I don't know, man. It, velocity was down. I don't, I don't know what's up with Hunter, but um, – it was it was nice to see another left-handed pitcher come through in the form of Hagen Smith uh, in the last four innings. Yeah, the velocity was like significantly down with Holland. That was slightly concerning. You don't you don't like to see a guy have his velocity down, but you also have to think about it this way. You know, there's only two more, three more series left, SEC series left in the regular season. Like the grind is real. I mean, this dude, I mean, he's thrown a lot of innings. I'm I'm assuming he's thrown the most innings of anybody this year. I, I'm not 100% sure, but um, Robert's going to check for us. But, I mean, this dude, I he's he, it, you hope that it's just that he's tired. And so you're hoping, you know, he threw Thursday. So assuming that things stay the same, the next time he's going to throw is on Friday at Mississippi State. That's over a week of rest. That's what you want for him. Hopefully that's all it is. And so while it's unfortunate that, Hunter Holland struggled. It is fortunate that you have a guy like Hagen Smith who can come in and give you four innings, which probably wasn't the plan originally, but after Dylan Carter comes in and gives you one and then has an apparent injury, uh, you had to get four out of Hagen. And I mean, this is this is the this is what you needed from Hagen because it's not where he's coming in on a Friday night throwing like, I don't know, 43, 44 pitches, gets you three innings worth of work, and then he's still not available for the weekend. This was like, okay, you got four innings out of the dude. He gave up two hits, no runs, threw 70 pitches. That's that's getting the max out of Hagen Smith, in my opinion. Because if he's throwing like 40-something pitches, then you're like, okay, well, why can't we throw him on Sunday if we need him? You know, like, does, does that make sense? I, I feel like you can – if he's a starter, you're probably getting anywhere from 70 to 90-something pitches out of him. So why not get that many pitches out of him if he's throwing in a relief role, right? Which Which he seems to be more effective in. And, and so I, I, yeah, like you said, that's, that's, that's really the best case scenario with the, the approach that they're taking from a pitching perspective. Um, you know, we, we've heard that 
he's he's just not going to throw twice in a weekend. And you know, maybe maybe that changes as as the season wears on, and you know, it, it gets into crunch time uh, because you know, there I imagine there are going to be some games on on Sunday or you know elimination games where you you've stretched your pitching thin. Cody Adcock gives you four. You know, somebody like Zach Morris steps up and gives you almost two, but then like who gets those last nine outs? Are you, are you going to, are you going to trust these freshmen? Because I don't know. Hagen Smith's been there, done that. Yeah, no, I agree. And by the way, by the way, Hunter Holland is your uh, innings leader. Okay. Just, just wanted to confirm that. I assume so, but I, you know, you don't want to assuming makes you, you know, you know, everybody knows the same. Everybody knows the same. Okay. Uh, he's, uh, he's got a couple, couple innings on McIntyre for, for okay. first play. Um, Christian, I want to give you the floor as the, uh, maybe the number one Dylan Carter fan in the world. I want to give you the floor to just let it all out, man. Cause we don't, we don't really know what his future is. This is a safe space for you. Yes. Yeah. It's quite unfortunate. He's been, he's been one of my favorite pitchers on this staff to watch. And I was just so happy for him the way he's been pitching this year. And, you know, with all the injuries they've needed him. And he's delivered almost every time. Um, yeah, it's just it's a bummer. It's uh, but it's it's it probably got to do with his workload, probably the intensity of some of his outings. You know, it's just wear and tear. Any you know, it could happen to anybody. And um, I think I think I'll be okay though. Okay, good. Um, yeah. So we, I mean, we kind of got good news from Dave Van Horn, and it's it, it, uh, what he said was like. The first, like the the first results they got back were good results. They're waiting on the MRI with die, which, as we've noted on this podcast, we're not doctors, but apparently the MRI with die would show you something that you wouldn't see on a normal MRI scan. So, hopefully that one comes back good. The only issue is, this is the same exact thing they went through with Brady Tiger, is they got good news, and then they did the MRI with die. They got good news again. Tigert was out for over eight weeks. So if it ends up being that same situation, which it could it could be much different, we don't know. Uh, I mean, Dylan Carter didn't, you know, go out the same way that Tiger did. But Dave, Robert, you talked about it. Dave said that, I mean, you might see him again this year. When he says that phrase, it's like, okay, so there's a possibility that you don't see him again this year which would be really unfortunate for an Arkansas pitching staff that we know has just been played by injuries. And now you have the guy that stepped up because of injuries and proved to be, like, defied the odds and proved to be a guy that can be a difference maker, not just in general, but in SEC play. And now you might be without him. You mentioned it, Robert. It's great that you got Brady Tiger back. But you going into it, you were like, all right, you got Brady Tiger on top of everything that you already have. You have a guy in Dylan Carter that stepped up. Now, you mentioned it, it, it kind of is like a trade and not really what you want, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, we're we're, uh, we're putting this out Monday morning, right? So the 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 MRI with die is is supposed to be today. So, uh, we've got a we've got a Swatters Club meeting with Dave Van Horn and the plan is hopefully we'll get an update on that after after that event so um you know it's it's tough and and this weekend you know you'd really like to have that extra arm uh because this team has not been awesome on the road 
uh, Mississippi State having a down year, but still, I mean, they scored a bunch of runs on Tennessee this weekend, didn't they? Like, I know they didn't win that series, but it seems like, seems like, you know, the Bulldogs can hit. No, yeah, it felt like Mississippi State every time I checked it, and this is because, look, nobody get mad at me here. I bet on Tennessee this weekend, and every time I checked it, it felt like Mississippi State was up, and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. What is going on? Of course, Tennessee won, but yes, there were a lot of runs scored. Uh, it feels like a Mississippi State team that's getting more confidence but still losing games, so it's like how much more confident can you get if you're losing, right? Uh, so... It, it could get yeah. pretty. It could get pretty confident against a banged up Arkansas team next week. That is true. We're going to be there, by the way. Uh, Christian, of course, won't make it, right? I mean, Christian, you can come if you can come if you want. We just assume, you know, you're a dad. You got finals coming up. You know, let's let's talk this through right now, man to man. Do you want to go to Starkville with us? Yeah, no, probably probably not. It is true. Yeah, finals finals in the kiddo. Yeah, it's a lot to leave right now. I'm trying to save it for a. Either the the postseason or or Omaha or something. Here's here's the question you should be asking Mason because I know you're not a big Starkville guy. Do you want to go to Duty Noble Field with us? That's that is the question. Starkville not that great of a college town, not that great of a town in general. If we're if we're just talking about you know is a town good or not, Starkville's not. <laughs> but Duty Noble's cool. <laughs> I should be like a game show host or something. Is is a town good or not? Yeah, I did have a buddy that went down there for a uh, Mississippi State game. I don't know who they were. they weren't playing the Razorbacks, but he's a Hogs fan, and he said it was it was a really good atmosphere and is the stadium was cool. So I'll have to get down there someday. Yeah, that's that park has the all time college baseball attendance record. Yeah, so uh, we will be there. But let's let's continue talking about this A and M series. So finishing up Thursday's uh, recap. A two-run shot by Jace Borfin in the bottom of the eighth. That's what you after, need. After a huge outfield assist by none other than Hunter Grimes. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because I probably would have forgot about it. You know, I was thinking about this. I need to start, like, making notes of stuff to mention on the podcast, uh, and I, I just completely forgot to do it again. But, yes, Hunter Grimes, play of the year. I think that we're declaring that play of the year so far. Christian, can you agree with that? Because I don't think we talked with you about that. For now, yeah, I'll, I'll think about it during the pod. But, yeah, that has to be. That was a huge moment, big play from not our normal out left fielder. So it was just, yeah, it was a huge moment. The crowd was great, too. I mean, he he gave him a real scare a, cu- a couple of times earlier in that game. I think it was in the, in that uh, in that third inning when Hunter Holland had the bases loaded. Uh, he, he took a weird route, and, you know, it, it could have gotten uglier than it was. Uh, Dude, but he, he, he did he exactly what – he did exactly what I do on Road to the Show when I just make a bad read on the play and <laughs> start going forward, and then I have to run back and try to track the ball. Luckily, he caught it. But, yeah, bases loaded. That was that was a big moment. And then, of course, his throw. Uh, for a guy who's primarily an infielder for his career, to to do that in that moment, save a run, keep the game tied 5-5, five to five, and then Jace Borfin comes up, hits the two-run shot. Uh, it was a huge play. Uh, Jace Borfin wouldn't have been able to do that if Hunter Grimes didn't do that. I mean, like maybe he could have, but that swung the momentum back in Arkansas's way. Uh, and Borfin hits the shot. That's how Arkansas wins the game. And just, just an electric eighth inning, really. Yeah. I mean, those 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 sixth and seventh, they're both teams. Like it, it felt like everybody 
no, it felt like nobody wanted to win. I mean, Arkansas kept leaving guys on base and, and uh, you know, Hagen Smith was pitching himself into trouble, leadoff double in the seventh runner got to third with nobody out, I think. And he didn't score because he got a couple of strikeouts and, and a short pop fly. And, and then of course the Grimes play, I mean, it, uh, it was, it was some high stress baseball for a while there. And, uh, what was the Dave, what was the Dave quote? They, they weren't having wine and cheese in the dugout. That's what it was. That's what he said. Um, I I want to mention this because I've had I had someone. There's a guy that I chat with on on in my Twitter DMs every once in a while. To be quite honest with you, I don't even know who he is. Uh, I just respond to DMs because I'm a good guy like that. And uh, he was talking to me. He was like, "Hey, when you start talking about Jace Porfin as a Golden Spikes guy, and." Now, Jace Borfin's not going to win the Golden Spikes, but he can be our new Golden Spikes guy. I know uh, Dennis Meters, a uh, friend of the program at Bomb Squad, like he always, that's him, Bomb Squad, Dennis Meters, a uh, big Arkansas baseball guy. Um, he's He has taken the Jace Borfin Golden Spikes route. That That is him. So I'm not, I'm not trying to steal his thunder there because I've been accused of stealing other people's stuff and I'm not stealing content. I'm just, dude, me. But yeah, you're, let's, you're let's, no hush. No. That's, a, that's a good point. Um, Borfin has played in all but one game all season, and he's leading the team in batting average, uh, eleven home runs. So like, I, I'm on, I'm on board with that. Yeah, I mean, if 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 there's anybody on this team that's gonna win the Golden Spikes, it would be Jace Borfin. Um, yes, but I mean, I I kept seeing on the on the broadcast this this weekend they got the tv in the press box the the sec player of the year race dylan cruz jack caglione and uh ethan petrie petrie south carolina i mean those those dudes numbers are just off the charts and it's not to say that jace isn't but like holy crap they're they're so good yeah i mean jace's numbers are very impressive but it's just you know but we're he's our golden spikes winner he he is the the Diamond Hawks podcast is declaring Jace Borfin as the 2023 Golden Spikes Award winner. There you go. Congratulations, Jace Borfin. By the way, Jace Borfin, friend of the media, good guy. After after uh, Thursday's Thursday's game, he he came up to us and he was like, "Hey, uh, how'd the draft go? The NFL draft?" He's like, "Where will Levis go?" And we we're like, "He hasn't been drafted yet." And he was like, "What?" He, he couldn't we, believe it. We had we had to convince Jay's Borfin that Will Levis actually did not get drafted in the first round, um, and then and then we were thinking like, does Jace maybe have money on Will Levis maybe going to the first round? I don't know if college athletes can gamble. I don't know. I don't know because I know with professional probably, athletes that's a thing. He's probably just hoping his team drafts some decent players, so he's wondering if they grabbed him. That's true. Jace is a what Oklahoma City guy. Who do you think he roots for? All right, he's a. Hmm. I know he's a Dodgers fan. He told me he told oh. me he's a Dodgers fan, but I don't know. I don't know about football. Hmm. We'll have to get him on the podcast and ask him. Hopefully, he's not a Chiefs guy. That's all we can hope for. <laughs> if he's a, if he's like, a Chiefs guy, he's a happy man. You feel like he'd be a Chiefs fan or a Cowboys fan? Surely. I mean, geographically, those two make the most sense. Chiefs for sure. But then he wouldn't be worried about Will Levis. So he would have to be a fr- a fan of a team that needed a quarterback. Hmm. Hmm. We'll have to get him on the podcast this week. Let's let's make Titans. that our goal. Titans, maybe. And they ended up getting him. So maybe. Yeah. Could be Titans. All right. Uh let's let's move this along though. Let's uh before we do though, let's let's talk to the people at Chinook Cedary. 
Chinook Seedery. Visit them, ChinookSeedery.com. The best tasting seeds in the world. Our favorite, of course, as a podcast, our favorite is the cinnamon toast. Robert eats it every morning for breakfast. It's his cereal. He just pours himself a bowl of cinnamon toast seeds. You know, grabs grabs a, a handful, puts it in, packs packs a lip of cinnamon toast seeds, and there he and then he just goes off to class or whatever. Uh, that's that's Robert's breakfast every morning. It can be yours as well if you visit ChinookCedary.com. Use code DHP10. You'll get 10% off your order at checkout. They have plenty of other flavors, of course. They have the lemon pepper. Uh, if you're talking about like the normal flavors, not the specialties like the cinnamon toast, the jalapeno ranch is a great one. A little hot for your mouth. I, I, I have to have a water next to me. Uh, the Parmesan and pepper is great. I love the Parmesan and pepper. That's probably my second favorite flavor. Uh of course, they always have original smokehouse barbecue. Robert's a big pickle guy, dill pickle. Robert, tell them about your family history with pickles. Yeah, this is a, this is a fun story. So uh, there used to be a pickle plant in uh, Atkins, Arkansas. My great grandfather was a food chemist. He ran that pickle plant. My 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 grandma, his daughter, uh, uh, the the self proclaimed pickle queen. We we're just a, we're just a big pickle family. I don't know. Love Dude. pickles. Every every time we go out to eat, Robert orders fried pickles every time. But yeah, in Omaha, every night, dude, every night. It was it was devastating when DJ's dugout did not have fried pickles that one time. Robert Robert is with fried pickles what I am with cheese curds. I love cheese curds. I need I need the guys to take me to Wisconsin so I can get some real Wisconsin cheese curds. Yeah, hey, you're you're when are we doing cheese curd flavored no. <laughs> see? No, I don't know if that would be good. That's like when you try to make bacon flavored stuff all the time. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Mason's gross with those cheese curds. He's like slurping them up and so, like licking the paper whenever he's like, oh, you're going to finish that? And he'll like, <laughs> he's hilarious. Well, I order it for the table and then nobody else wants them. So I just end up eating all of them. That's, that's not true at all. We've got some just gross misrepresentations of, of the truth with eating habits on this ad read. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, so chinookseedery.com code DHP10 at checkout. You'll get 10% off your order. Thank you to Chinook Seedery. All right, let's talk about Friday's game, which Arkansas won 10 to 4. So we talked about Brady Tiger already. We talked about Will McIntyre coming out, his stats. He went five and two thirds, gave up three earned on two hits, had eight strikeouts, though. That was a season high. That was a big thing with Will McIntyre. Uh, we, we mentioned Christian Fouch. He struggled this weekend, came out, didn't record an out, uh, gave up an earned run, walked two, and then Gage Wood. I mean, Gage Wood, man. Gage, Gage Wood is going to get drafted. I think by the time he leaves Arkansas, he's just going to be an All-American. The The dude has has shown just some un, unbelievable flashes of brilliance as a freshman, and they're, and they're getting more and more consistent. Which which is the cool part about it, um, you know, it wasn't the best in Georgia. I think uh, I think a fielding error kind of got in his head, but uh, the the dude's been unbelievable, and to be able to use him as much as you have recently is just fantastic. Yeah, I think Gage would if he's. I mean, he's pretty much the closer now, um, but I think we should. They, I mean, I don't. Know. DVH obviously makes his decisions the way he needs to, but in my opinion, if I was the coach, I would try to save him for two games a weekend. Because he just has that edge and that fire that a closer needs. And I know he's a freshman, so you want to be careful with him. But 
I think he's ready. And I think towards the end of the season, postseason, Omaha, if they, if they get there, um, you'll see that on the national stage, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, no, I think I think so. Of course, Hagen Smith is going to be your first guy on the bullpen in Game One, but outside of that, Gagewood is that guy. And if if they can keep it to where it, maybe you can get eight out of whoever throws ahead of him, and you just bring him in for one inning, one inning, which is probably going to be Game Two, then yeah, you might be able to throw him in Game Three. Um, and I agree with you. In the postseason, we understand that pitching is different. The way that you throw pitchers in the postseason is different. So maybe we get a game, and this would just be incredible. Maybe we get a game in the postseason where it's Hunter Hall and Hagen Smith Gagewood. How elite would that be? That would be incredible. We gotta see that. We gotta see that. Load your lineup up with righties to to try to beat the lefties, and then you get Gagewood at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that would be nice. Uh, okay, so we talked enough about the pitching for game two. A- Speaking of pitching, AM through Nathan Detmer, who was pulled for an injury. Uh, if you're not watching on the YouTube, I'm doing the quotes. Injury, because I feel like there was a quote from Schlossenagel after the game saying, like, he hasn't been good all year. And maybe it, maybe he just like, said he was hurt they brought the trainer out and then i don't know i don't think we ever got an official ruling on detmer did we robert i i'm trying to browse through this uh schlossnagel transcript right now he hasn't really pitched well all year for us so the way i look at it is that both teams have openers yeah that was weird um and then they brought in ashenbeck and i mean arkansas just took it to him they scored Let's see, one, two, three, six runs across the second, third, fourth, and fifth innings. Uh, by that point, they were up six to two. And then they, let's see, AM put up two in the top of the seventh. Arkansas responded with two of its own in the bottom of the seventh, two in the bottom of the eighth for good measure. And there's your ball game, 10 to four. This was, uh, I mean, Ben McLaughlin had a great game, another great performance from Jace Borfin. Kendall Diggs had two hits out of the leadoff spot. Parker Rowland had a hit. Uh, I feel like for the most part, most of the Arkansas lineup was doing well. This would the weird thing about this one was Mason Neville got the start and he didn't even get to hit. That was so unfortunate because AM made the move uh from Detmer, who uh, Van Van Horn mentioned, like, yeah, I loaded up the lineup with lefties because he hasn't been good against lefties. Mason Neville hits lefty. So they brought De- they took Detmer out before Neville could get up to hit. And then Van Horn brought in Grimes. So it was tough because, like, you wanted to see if Neville could maybe get something going because he's a very talented freshman, you know, highly, highly sought after recruit. Uh, but, you know, he's all, Van Horn's always going to go with the matchup. You trust that guy, especially after a weekend like this weekend. But, you know, sucks for Mason Neville. And it was funny because Dave was like, Grimes gets up there, and what do you have? Two strikes on him, about to strike out or whatever. And Van Horn was like, man, I'm going to feel really bad if uh, if Grimes goes up there and strikes out after I just pulled the villain like the second inning. But he he escaped with a sack fly. So, yeah, worked yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, that was with with that. Uh, uh, I think it's Oshenbach is what we kept hearing the, the Texas A&M SID say. Um, with the, the key with him was that that was that's how you sweep. We, we talked about it on the on the last podcast. 
uh, with with him. You know, it it just feels like the Aggies are I don't know energized anytime he pitches. I mean, he's they had won his last five appearances, I think, um, and and for for them to to jump all over him, uh, it, it was huge because the, he was really their only effective arm and and they did it i mean so one of the other things you talked about you talked about mclaughlin's home run uh have you ever seen an 18 degree home run before i mean that thing just got out of the park that was nuts and Um, and shout out to dave van horn for for trying to flex on everybody and be like yeah i called that one but i don't think he told anybody i think he was just like yeah i was thinking in my head mclaughlin gonna hit a home run run. (laughs) and sure enough he did but it's like maybe we could Maybe we get like Matt Hobbs because he's always there next to Van Horn and be like, "Hey, did Dave actually call that McLaughlin home run?" You know, like not that I'm questioning the head hog, but at the same time, he made it seem like he was thinking it, and it's like I could have, I could have been like, "Yeah, Dave, I was thinking the same thing." You know, great minds think alike. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, great for McLaughlin, a very deserving guy. Who would have thought? Shohei. Coming, huh? Shohei, as some are saying, dude, I was hoping he would get in there on Sunday, but. Um, who would have thought coming into the year that Ben McLaughlin at some point would be your designated hitter? Because we knew when he came in from JUCO, like he's this gold glove third baseman guy. Yeah, he had good hitting stats, but who who doesn't when they come from a JUCO program and they're playing at Arkansas? I don't think I expected McLaughlin to be this kind of hitter. Fair point. But also who expected uh, you know, two of your three starting outfielders to be out for extended periods of time. I mean, that's that's the formula. That that plays into it for sure. Um, all right, I think we're good on that game, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, you, you said Kendall Diggs two leadoff or two hits out of leadoff spot, both on the infield. Speed kills. He was he was causing causing the Aggies some real trouble. All right, uh, game three, which I am I'm going to right now call it the John Bolton game. It's it's possible it's possible we might need to make April 29th John Bolton Day. Wait. Yes. I was trying to make sure that April 29th was Saturday. Yeah. No. Shout out to John Bolton. And I I honestly felt bad when like we even talked to him in the post game press conference and I was sitting there and here's the thing with John Bolton. Was he deserving of us sitting on this podcast and being like there might need to be a change at shortstop? Yes. There was. It, it was statistically proven that that was deserved. But I'm happy for the guy. He needed a day like that. He went three for three at the plate, drove in a pair of runs. John B. brought him home. And John B. I, I'm, I am happy for John Bolton because if there was anybody on this baseball team that needed a good day, a big day, it was John Bolton. And he delivered – and I mean, you could tell he was giddy in the press conference. Like he was happy to be there. He was happy to talk to us. Uh, that was the first time we talked to him since Arlington. The first time we've talked to him, and and you know, he told us that he deleted Twitter, which great wow. move by him. Great move by him. Uh, he needed to because I've seen some some mean stuff said about John Bolton on Twitter. Um, God forbid you ever hop on a message board. <laughs> the message boards are worse, man. But. It was great to see that for John Bolton. Happy for the guy. Nobody needed a day more than him like that. And and then back to like what you were saying earlier, you know, we were a little harsh on him, thinking there might need to be a change. That I mean, that was kind of a combination of the last couple games and then Harold Cole having like a good day or two. So it wasn't like we were just picking on him and trying to like 
run him out of the lineup or say he shouldn't be in the lineup. It was it was just a combination of like maybe he's just kind of can't get out of this funk right now. But I yeah, I'm super happy for him. And I Mason, I told you before the season started, or maybe like after the first weekend, Tom Bolton is a dude. He can play shortstop. Hopefully, he can hit a little bit. And he and he's been uh, has ups and downs, but you know had a big day the other day. I feel like one thing about Bolton that we need to address. Uh, and Mason, I thought about bringing this up the other day. You know, I'm I, I almost told you we, we might need to break out Master Bunter again because he's uh he's he's laying him down and, and you know that that push bunt that he had broke up a no hitter in the third, kicked off a two run inning. They scored eight in in the next three combined, um, and then he laid down another sack that that ended up being big in the in the fourth. Um, but I did see I saw a comment on the message board that said John Bunton, and I thought that was a lot better. So. I'm 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 on the John Button train right now. Yeah, John Button, I I'm 100% on it. I John Bolton is a master bunter. I will say this. You know, bunting is something that is not as easy as it looks, and you can tell that with with a lot of guys that do bunt. Like there's guys on Arkansas's team, like I specifically, and this is not a shot at Hunter Grimes, but Hunter Grimes struggled to bunt on the weekend. Um, but John Bolton goes up there and I mean the guy. The guy successfully laid down a bunt with two strikes this weekend. Like he he is a he is a very good bunter, and you saw that John Bolton's not going to hit one over the fence. You know I'm hoping I'm hoping for John Bolton that he has a home run at some point this year, but you're not going to expect that from him. He did actually have a, a what a two run single that he hit into the outfield. What was that? The first hit into the outfield since the Ole Miss series for him. Is that what we decided? Which was like a blooper too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, he he squared that ball up. He he came through with the bases loaded, and uh, the the right fielder made a bad throw and allowed a third run to score on the play. So, yeah, just a huge weekend for for John Bolton. And like you said, man, laying down a bunt with two strikes—that's so ballsy. That's so ballsy, and and good. I mean, good for him. Yes. Um. So. Another another storyline from Game Three. Cody Adcock goes four innings. Dave Van Horn said on the pregame show they wanted four innings out of Adcock. Not only did he give you four innings, he gave you four scoreless. Gave up one hit. He did walk three, and it was kind of a thing where it's like, okay, Adcock has to walk a guy in the inning. It's not an Adcock inning if he doesn't walk a guy. Uh, but he also struck out four. But great start from Cody Adcock, and then you go straight into the Zach Morris experience. Here's which the thing. Started okay. It did. He gave up three earned, which did Adcock. When he, left the game, when, he when when Morris left the game, he had not given up a run. That is the, that's where it, that's how it happened. I didn't remember if he inherited runners, which no, then they would have been given to Adcock. Okay. So Fouch comes in again, doesn't record an out, which shout out to Christian Fouch in that outing. He didn't get, he wasn't given an earned run. Zach Morris must be pissed at Christian Fouch because of that dude. That was uh, unfortunate for Zach Morris. He did leave the bases loaded though, right? So that's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. He uh, he rung up a couple, or yeah, he he got a couple guys looking, uh, you know, around around a, a one out walk, and then gave up a single and a hit hit by pitch, and that was the end of his outing. And then Fouch comes in, gives up a single, walks a guy, hits a guy, and then after that. You're uh, you're down to two arms. Uh, well, I mean, there there were more in the pen, like you said. We were kind of hoping to see McLaughlin, but it became the Ben Bybee experience for the first time since, uh, well, in in league play since you know they gave up five runs in the ninth and lost to Georgia. 
Yeah, it was wild because at one point Bybee was throwing. He was on the mound with it being an 8-4 game. <laughs> you were like, it was like, it was just straight up PTSD. You were like, you have got to be kidding me. This is a dude pitching in a in a game three. It's eight to four, and Ben Bybee's back on the mound. But uh, fortunately for Arkansas, they got it done. Parker Coyle goes, strikeout. huh? Three pitch strikeout to get out of it. That was huge. It was. Uh, Parker Coyle goes a uh, one and two thirds, closes it out after giving up the solo shot there in the top of the ninth. Bounces back. Gets a couple of outs or three outs, right? Because that, that was a, that was a no. There were no outs when the guy hit the solo, right? Yes, yes. he led the inning lead off. off shot, lead off shot to make it eight seven. Yes, so great stuff from Parker Coyle, and uh, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, a, a gritty series win for Arkansas, specifically on Saturday in Game Three. Um, you know, just piecing things together, finding a way to get a win. John Bolton getting three hits. Ben McLaughlin getting a couple hits. Jace Borfin again getting hits. Caleb Cowley hits. Let's see, only four guys got hits in that game. I didn't even notice that. So, and then, you know, piecing it together on the mound. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty, but Arkansas gets the win. Uh, and now you're looking at it. That was a huge series win as far as postseason implications go, right? Yeah, I mean, you're at this, this was a team now. that had lost four games straight, and then you're thinking, okay, is this team going to host a regional? Can they can they figure out how to win with all these injuries? Here's a sweep, right? Against against a, an A and M team that was hot too. I mean, they had won their last four series coming in, and then you know, it like here this we usually save this bit for the end with the with the conference standings and such. But LSU swept Alabama too. So the two teams that were kind of getting hot on your tail in Bama and AM, you just picked up three games on both of them. I mean, you're you're in really, really good shape. I mean, I know you'd still, you'd probably like to be closer to LSU, but uh the way things went last weekend going into this weekend is just huge. You know, defense too. We haven't we haven't really touched on that, but a couple of huge double play balls started by none other than John Bolton to get Adcock out of a bases loaded jam in the fourth to get coil out of a jam with, I'm pretty sure the, the tying run was on the bases um, at that point. So it just, it, it, it wasn't pretty, but looking back at it, it's a, it's a, it's a feel good sweep. All right. Uh, Christian, before we get to your minute, Christian's minute, which is probably going to be more than a minute. Um, let's, uh, let's tell you about one of our sponsors and I'm going to go back to Andy Ledecky with myperfectfranchise.net because we are so thankful for him and his support. If you're ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream, if you're looking for a side hustle while working your current job, or you're just wanting to diversify, build wealth or leave a legacy, call Andy Ledecky. He's a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner, and he helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets financial requirements, time to commit, and more. Now, when I say the word franchise, I'm not talking about you're going to go buy the Buffalo Bills or or the, the Houston Texans or something. I'm talking about a, an actual business, whether it be, you know, maybe, you know, a fast food restaurant, you know, I don't know, like a, a store, whatever it is, Andy Ledecky can help you do that. And the, the key to this is that it is 100% free. All he's doing is he's, he wants to help you if you have any questions about business ownership, just give him a call, 
01-404-973-9901 or visit myperfectfranchise.net. I just encourage you to visit that website. Just check it out. See if you like it. You probably will. Myperfectfranchise.net. If you have any questions, go to hogbeat.com. Check out the message board. We have his information up there as well. All right, Christian, are you ready for your minute before we get to weekend MVPs? This episode is going long, but whatever. I don't care. Let's just do weekend MVPs now, and then we can do the minute in cooperation with like SEC news or like other scores and stuff. Okay, perfect. Uh, I will start. I'll lead off with my weekend MVP at the plate. I mean, I got to take Jace Borfin, right? Jace Borfin. The dude went eight for 12 at the plate, eight hits. Drove in five runs, scored two runs, struck out three times, had a homer, walked once. Jace Borfin continues to get the job done, had a pair of doubles as well. And then, of course, in center field, he's getting the job done. I mean, Jace Borfin continues to deliver, working himself into potentially being a first-round draft pick. If if there were any doubt uh, about him, you know, his his average was, was sinking, not hitting 400 anymore. Uh didn't have the cleanest of of series at Georgia, but uh, if there were any doubt about him, it's gone. That was that was a very very impressive performance by him this weekend. Um, as for me, I'm gonna go with Caleb Cali. Um, you know he's he's uh, he walked seven times. He he did his job. They they were terrified of pitching to him because they know that he's hitting 400 in April. I'm I'm I bet I bet he's devastated to see the calendar change today. They they don't know. Actually, they do know. That's the reason that they they didn't pitch to him. They know that Callie rakes. Caleb, friend of the pro, friend of the program. First of all, Caleb Callie. Did I not tell him, Robert? Did I not tell him? Hey, by the way, it's statistically proven that when you come on the Diamond Hawks podcast, you have a great weekend afterwards. Caleb Cowley goes four for eight at the plate, scores five runs, walks seven times. I call that a good weekend. I would say so. And he finishes the month of April hitting 400 even and with an OVP of 500 even. Half his trips to the plate, he got on base. Incredible. All right, Christian Cheatham, who is your MVP at the plate? My MVP at the plate is going to be John B. Let's go. I was hoping you would pick John B. Yeah, because we talked about his uh, three hit, was it three hits? Yeah, his three hit performance on Sunday or Saturday. But then also on Thursday, he had a hit and three walks. So uh, was it Friday? Friday, no hits. But yeah, the big the big performance was on Saturday. So two sack bunts yeah, on Friday. Sack bunts, bases loaded, single. So good for him. Good weekend from him. Happy for him. Shout out John B. Changed his walk-up song to Left Hand Free. Awesome song. It is. It's been on my playlist, man, in my car. Um. All right, all right, all right. Uh, My MVP on the mound, who do I want to go with? Um, hmm. There were some good performances on the mound this weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I got to go with Hagen Smith if I have, if I have first pick. Because – you know, he comes in, the Carter injury forces him to have to go a little bit longer than they were hoping. Normally, they're looking for three, two or three innings out of Hagen Smith. He comes in, he has to go four, and he gets four strikeouts, doesn't give up a run, only gives up two hits. It's just exactly what you expect out of Hagen Smith. 
but he continues to deliver. Like, you know, pitching is a weird game because you never know what's going to happen on any given night, no matter how good a guy is. But Hagen Smith continues to deliver out of the bullpen. There hasn't been a, a performance from Hagen Smith out of the bullpen this year that we've been like, yeah, Hagen didn't have it. And once again, he proves that he is elite. And he did that on Thursday. And I feel like he's going to continue to do that. And that's why he's my MVP. Robert, go ahead. I, I want to defer. I want to defer to Christian here. I want to see what he has to say. Okay. I'm going to go with, mm, man, it's between two guys. I know you're thinking the same too, probably Robert. I'm going to go with Gage Wood, two and a third with five Ks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I, like I was saying earlier, just fiery performance. I love his energy. I love his passion. He's fun to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of his career. But yeah, for pitching MVP, I'm going with Gage Wood. I was actually not one that I had uh, in mind, okay. but I'll I'll tell you the other two. Uh, my my choice will be Parker Coyle uh, because for him to you know come in in a in a situation where it 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 wasn't looking good. They they were on their way to blowing an eight zero lead and they didn't really have anybody else to turn to. Um, so Parker Coyle getting five outs there at the end of the game, huge double play ball to to rescue Ben Bybee's uh stat line from looking worse than it did and uh you know limit the damage to a solo shot in the ninth close it out you know celebrate man that that was that was a heck of a performance for sure and then my honorable mention will be will mcintyre uh five and two thirds uh uh out of the out of the bullpen that was that was good i liked i like to see that i thought you were gonna say uh adcock yeah no i'm sitting here thinking like nobody's gonna give love to adcock like no, dude went four four scoreless. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought Robert was gonna say. Yeah. No, I mean, shout out to McIntyre though. McIntyre definitely our guy, one of our guys on this podcast. You know, he kind of let us down with not winning the golden spikes this year, but <laughs> uh we we like McIntyre, you know, eight strikeouts, season high, proud of him for that. But at, I think Adcock definitely worthy of an honorable honorable mention. If you're gonna say that you have an honorable mention, Robert. You had to have added Adcock in there. Sure, I mean you, you, you that's your honorable honorable mention. I, <laughs> I, here's the thing: when we when we hear that Brady Tiger is only going to go 25 pitches, we we aren't really sure what we're going to see the rest of the game, and because because McIntyre hadn't been consistent really, and then he he's just been good at home recently. It, it's been encouraging to see that. Okay. Um, I guess another honorable mention, let's just throw out Brady Tiger, you know, I mean, for his first outing since March 1st, did exactly what what they asked him to do. He did exactly what they asked him to do. Looked good doing it. We mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Looked like Brady Tiger. That's what you need. All right. Christian's minute. Let's go to Christian's minute. He's got the baseball in his hand. Let's go Christian Cheatham. He's itching. Yeah. Um, going to be honest, guys, I don't have a minute ready. But we'll we'll go ahead and just talk about the other scores around the SEC. We can all kind of chime in on this. One of them, I guess, South Carolina, they dropped two out of three. Is that correct, Mason? They did. I would know that because I put money on them all three games, and only one of them hit. Oh, man. I mean, how do you lose to Auburn twice at home? At home. (laughs) How do you do it? 
How do you do that? How do you do that if you're South Carolina? We watched this Auburn team come into Fayetteville and get swept by Arkansas. Auburn, not that great of a baseball team. South Carolina, what, were they number one in the RPI going into the weekend? Is that true? Am I right by saying that? Okay. How the heck do you lose two games to Auburn at home? I'm just so disappointed in South Carolina. There's a good and a bad from it, though. Bad, of course, because I bet on them all three games. Only one of them hit, and it was probably the one that made me the least amount of money. And then the good thing, though, is that maybe we can finally place a future bet on South Carolina because their odds go down. <laughs> or I guess the odds would go up, right? I don't I don't know the terminology. Odds the odds would get better. They would get better for us. Okay, Christian, continue. Another, another series to talk about. Let me check just to make sure. So Vanderbilt swept Kentucky. That was a big. That was a big series. Number Vanderbilt still number top five, and they'll definitely still be there after that. It is going um, to be a grind for Arkansas to finish out the regular season, man. At at Vandy. Woo. Yeah, and then South Carolina coming to town right before that, so it's going to be a tough end of the season with all the pitching and uh little injuries and stuff going around the team but yeah i guess it's just been a crazy couple of weeks in the sec i mean it goes back to arkansas losing to georgia at i mean it was at georgia but then stuff that stuff like that happened in south carolina and teams georgia, get, teams get georgia lost two or three to Ole miss this week yeah yeah no that's tough um you just look at the standings though Vandy yeah. leading the East, South Carolina there. So Vandy sixteen and five in conference play in the East. South Carolina fourteen and six. Florida's right there fourteen and seven. Uh, of course, because South Carolina had one game against LSU canceled. In the West, LSU's leading at fifteen and five. Uh, they swept Alabama this weekend, correct? They swept. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama provided yeah. some tough competition, but LSU. Um, Finish it off. Arkansas fourteen and seven, right there behind LSU, and then of course Alabama, Auburn, A and M, all tied at nine and twelve in the in the SEC West, and then Mississippi State, Ole Miss there at the bottom. Kentucky, Tennessee, both eleven and ten in the East. Is is, is Tennessee back? I think Tennessee might be back. I was about to say that, which is good. It's good for the brand, right? Like yeah. I I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned it on the last episode, maybe the episode before. Like Tennessee winning games is better for me because then I have then I have the Tennessee fans being cocky just for them to lose in the supers. Like I'm so <laughs> excited for that moment for me to place hating. another huh? Professional hating for Mason Choke. I'm just Joe. so excited to put another lock of the century on Tennessee at some point. And I the thing about lock of the century is that people need to under, understand is that first of all, there can be multiple. There can be multiple. And second of all, I have to be really confident in it. And I was really confident in Notre Dame beating Tennessee last year. So I just got to see what's going on in the postseason. Tennessee's probably going to play postseason baseball, at least in the SEC tournament. They're 30 and 14 overall. Like they'll they'll be in a regional. But yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee swept Mississippi State. We talked about it earlier. Mississippi State scored a lot of runs. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee might be back though. Because they beat Vandy the the week before, right? They swept Vandy the so week two before. Straight sweeps for Tennessee. Uh, you guys remember to to start conference play when Tennessee got swept at Missouri? Do, do yeah. you guys remember when we were in Arlington and we were like, "Wow, Missouri might be good." 
Missouri, since sweeping Tennessee, is 2-16. and 16. We said they were going to make Hoover. I don't know if that's true. Nope, because they're tied. They're tied for last place in the SEC with Ole Miss. Not good. Arkansas could come out by uh, by taking it to Mississippi State next week and uh, Mississippi State falling in the standings. But we shall see. We shall see. All right, let's let's wrap it up here, boys. Um, let's talk about the upcoming schedule for Arkansas baseball. So, uh. Between now and the next time that we're going to talk to you, Arkansas is going to play one game. It's going to be against Lipscomb on Tuesday night. North Little Rock. <laughs> this is our favorite topic every year. <laughs> it's, going to, it's going to be a Dickie Stevens. Don't even get me started on the fact that it's not going to be televised. But Robert Man, we're, Stewart. We're no problem. Yeah, no, we're going to be there. So go to hogbeat.com. We'll have you covered with live updates. Everything you need to know will be your eyes and ears live from the ballpark. We'll have you covered Tuesday at 6 p.m. Arkansas versus Lipscomb at Dickey Stevens Park. The Hogbeat boys are going to be there, minus Christian. Christian, you're not going, are you? I don't think so, but I'm going to look into it. I was going to. Are you guys driving back after? Yeah, no. If you want to come with us, you can. All right. Yeah, I'll I'll look into it. Okay. Um, Tuesday, Lipscomb, Arkansas versus Lipscomb, 6 p.m. Go to Hogbeat.com. We'll have you covered with all of the action for that game. And then we also mentioned we're going to be going to Starkville uh, for the weekend series, Arkansas at Mississippi State. We'll have a preview. We got to get Jace Borfin on. We really got to get him on because we got to figure out why he wanted to know where Le- Will Levis went. First uh, first two-time guest of the season, in theory. Potentially. All right. Uh, that does it for us on the Diamond Hawks podcast. Sorry for going so long. Normally our, our weekend recaps are short. We tried to record at the ballpark. I forgot the SD card. That's on me. It would have been shorter. But I think this episode ended up being really good. I'm very proud of everybody. Vibes were good. Vibes were really strong on this one. Yes. Good, it's, good luck game. It's fun to go along on a on a on a sweep weekend, so it's okay. Yes. Um, Christian, you want to close us out? You've been listening to the Diamond Hob podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. We'll catch there you. There you go. All right. We'll talk to everybody on Friday. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.